Good afternoon to you. It's 1241. It's to the midday show and it's time for your number one parenting show on radio. My name is Ifnaya. On the phone lines with me, I have the CEO of Lagos Moms, Yeti Williams. Good afternoon, Yeti. How's it going? I'm great, thanks, Ifi. Good afternoon. How are you? I am very well, thank you. So let's just quickly jump into the show for today. Our topic is a very interesting one, one I know that a lot of families could relate with. And so the question is, is it damaging to have a favorite child? Before we get into answering that particular question, is it inevitable for a parent to always have a favorite child? Is it just part of life? Is it something that parents, maybe due to the actions that they carry out, their behaviors and their characters, it leads to them having favorite children? Or is it a norm and a natural thing that parents have a favorite child? You know, it's a very interesting question, and this is very personal to me. So I think I'll start with my story. Um, okay. So I'm the middle child of three. And okay. it was so interesting growing. It was after I got to university. I think I might even have graduated that I started. I came up across a term called birth order theory. And it's actually a theory that the order of your birth mix kind of determines how you are and how things are you know, what's been going on in your life, you know, how you see the world, how you were raised sometimes. The the position of your birth just by default of whether you're a first, middle or third child or last child um, can make all the difference. So I started reading up on it and all of that. And then for me, it clicked and it made sense because growing up, I said I would never have three children. And can you hear me? Yes, I okay. can hear you. <laughs> All right. I always said that I wouldn't have three children. And the reason for that was because I felt that the middle child, you know, was compared so much that it wasn't fair. And that was me. So I felt very compared to my older, older sibling and to my younger sibling. I didn't feel that, quote unquote, the, the love was equal. I actually felt that my mom had and has favorite <laughs> so for me personally i always said you know what ah, i'm not going to have three children i either have two or i have four you know mm. so it was when i started researching and i found out oh my goodness there's actually something about the middle children there's something called like the middle child syndrome the syndrome middle... yes, yes. <laughs> so i was like i'm not crazy there's something going on and honestly from an innocent perspective the, the parents they don't even know that they're doing it if you were to ask my mom i'm sure she'll say of course i don't have any favorites what do you mean i love you all equally but the real people to be asking is the children do the children feel that there's a favorite or not and so when you say is it inevitable i, I don't believe that it's inevitable i think that as a parent I, in your heart you feel that you love all your children equally but on the flip side the way you act, the way you behave, the words that you use can make that child or children feel as if there's a golden child or not. So you can't really determine whether or not you're equally loving your children unless you've taken mm. the time to kind of ask them without making it obvious. But you can, there are certain ways you can ask questions. I'll let you know, maybe you actually have a favorite that you're not, you're not aware of. And the worst thing I believe is to actually have a favorite child not to be aware that you have a favorite child, but the children are aware that there's a favorite child. And we can talk about some of the questions you can ask yourself. So if you're a parent that says, of course not, I love all my children the same way. But I'm going to ask you a few questions for you to just ponder on to help you determine maybe you're a victim of unequal love and you don't even know it. Hmm. Uh, 
I mean, I'm I'm the last born, you know. <laughs> so I don't know that. I don't know if I can relate to that, but um, you know how people usually say last borns, they just naturally uh, become the center of attraction. I don't know that. You know, I don't know if the last ones know that they're the center of attraction. And even when people point it out, if they actually know, because I, for one, I keep saying me, I'm not the center of attraction. No, I know that I'm the last born. I don't know that I'm spoiled more than all my siblings, but people, you know, say that, but I, I don't know, honestly speaking. So for me as a last born, I don't know that I can relate to that. Hmm. But you know, for last borns, actually, one of the things about them is that they tend to be attention seekers uh, and they're quite, <laughs> <laughs> and they're quite free spirited okay you know and also uh, some research i came across said that many actors and comedians are actually babies of the family interesting so it's it's actually an interesting space to hmm. think about what it means your birth order and it's not even that the last child is a is center of attention per se but the last child depending on your position are you the last child of three are you the last child of two are you the last mm. child of five it can also make the difference, you know? Okay. Um, but it's just interesting. I remember we're talking all about what intentional parenting. So when you just yeah. think about that from that perspective, so whether you can personally relate or not, one day, you know, you're probably going to have children. You might have one, two, three, four, who knows? It's important to keep it at the back of your mind that you know what, to ensure that I don't raise children who feel that I had a preferred child, I just need to be aware that it's something that might creep up. That awareness alone can protect you from going down that line. And of course, for most families, it's all innocent, it's in love, and nobody feels, you know, judged or feels unloved. But sometimes if it goes to the extreme, it can make a child feel very sensitive, you know? And in my case, I think one of the things, and I think it's part of what, in fact, it's not that I think, I know it is part of what sent me down this line of intentional parenting and wanting to help people that you know what the way you raise your children if you don't understand their makeup you don't understand how they are wired it can sometimes cause you to compare them to others not because you love them any less but because you don't really understand how to connect with them because maybe the child style is so different from yours that can be cause of the tension as well Okay, so so for parents now who are actually thinking and pondering, do I have a favorite child or have my actions in the past shown that I have a favorite child? How do they identify if indeed they have a favorite child? Are there factors that they can seek out or look out for to see if they have a favorite child? How, how do parents know, especially those that are listening? Right. You know, because having a favorite child, if it's not checked, can be very damaging for the child is why we're talking about this. So as a parent, some of the things you should ask yourself is think about the fact, ask yourself, do you ever compare? Do you ever compare your children to each other? So do you say, for example, why can't you just be like your brother? Mm. Why can't you do this like your brother does it? Why can't you do this like your your, your sister is doing this? Mm. Or you just say things like, I could know that you, you're always different. Mm. You, you always do your own things differently. Yes. You know, why don't you love me like your siblings? If you use that kind of language without knowing it, you're comparing your children. And the one that you tend to compare to the others a bit more might actually be, quote unquote, your least, <laughs> your least favorite child. 
Oh, wow. So that's one way to check. Another okay, way to so- check is, do you prefer spending time with one particular child over the other? Okay. You know, because sometimes the truth is if a child is more aligned to you, maybe your love language is similar, you know, uh, maybe you are somebody who likes um, sports, for example, and you have a particular child who also likes sports. And maybe as a result, you prefer to spend time with that child who likes playing sports versus the child who prefers to be indoors I don't know, coding. I'm just using two extreme examples. If you're not careful and you keep spending more time with a child who's a bit more like you, the one that's not like that might feel, you know, unloved and feel like, you know, so I don't, I, I don't, I'm not as valued as my sibling who mom or dad mm. prefer spending time with. Okay, so comparison and then the time that you spend, who do you prefer spending time with? Right. Now, aside that, what else can the parents you use to identify if they have a preferred child or a favorite child? This is another big one, is pay attention to the words you use to describe the child, quote and unquote, that you say gives you more wahala. Right? <laughs> so that child that you feel, ah, this one just tasks me. Oh, when it comes to this particular child, oh, the way they stress me, those kinds of language, the kind of words you use also kind of shows. And, you know, we're talking about favorite and not favorite to make it very stark. But the truth is that it could be little things. But if you find that there's one child that you kind of talk about, like he or she is more difficult to raise than the others. And you find that you're using language like that. Like, ah, that's the one that gives me wahala. Oh, this one is the one that... Da, da, da. The child is probably hearing you saying that. Or the of child course. is picking up from your body language that you think he or she is difficult. And what you mm-hmm. call a child is what the child will give you. And you know what? Just to write off of that, you know, there is something psychology. There's something called self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. You know, where you have maybe an expectation of a, a certain child be negative and you're constantly maybe talking about it, letting them know that this is what you expect of them. And a whole lot of times they might actually begin to toe the path that you expect of them with self-fulfilling prophecy. So parents may not be aware of that. And it might be your words that somewhat encouraged your child in line with what you did not want to see of them. Exactly. Exactly. So those are those are some ways for you to start to ask yourself, do a little bit of an audit. Just check, okay, mm. what words am I using? Hmm, is there a child I prefer spending more time with? Do I actually compare these children? And the first the first way to fix anything, right, is to be aware, knowledge. When you know, you can start saying, All right, is there something I need to change? Mm. Okay. So now when when these parents have identified that, hmm. They've always had a preferred child who maybe unbeknownst to them or they've had a least favorite child. Moving forward, especially when this has been ongoing for such a long time, and dare I say the damage has been done, so to speak, how do the parents retrace their step to make up for those years of having a favorite child and a least favorite child? So it depends on how severe it is. If your children are really young and it's, it's, it's easy enough for you to pick it, you know what, you're not even necessarily having to retrace your steps. You can just change your style going forward. So let me go to that example of maybe the, the 
the father who maybe has a son who prefers playing football and because the dad likes football he tends to spend more time with that boy that son and maybe another son in the same house doesn't really like outdoors and so he finds that he doesn't gravitate towards that son as much what can that parent do because without knowing it you might start pitting you know putting those two boys against each other and this is where sometimes sibling rivalry can come in if it's not handled properly. So a parent like that, what he could do in this particular scenario I've painted is he can make time to make sure he's spending time doing what child number two likes as mm. well. So it's just about okay. saying, you know what, I'm going to be intentional about also spending quality time with the other son who likes something else. And of course, find a way to bring all of you together. So that's one okay. thing is when you identify it, you can start to do things differently. If it's gone very far, and like you mentioned, maybe sometimes, quote-unquote, the damage has been done. The beautiful thing i found with parent-child relationship is a child always yearns for the parent. There's, it's always there. So the minute a parent determines that, you know what, I want to change this dynamic, usually that is enough to start the lines of communication. So even if your child has been hurt year in, year out, decade in, decade out, and this parent can come from a place of, you know what, Maybe I haven't necessarily treated you or loved you in the way you wanted. And I would like us to change our relationship. I would like mm. us to have a better relationship. Most times, that will be the opening you need to actually start relating with that child differently. Okay. And how, how can the parents ensure that they're not overcompensating in such a way that they then start neglecting the other children because now they identify that, oh my God, there's been a least favorite child. You know, I've, I've done a lot of damage. Now I have a few years to make up for it. And then they begin to overcompensate neglecting the other children. How are they able to strike that balance? And that's the truth, right? The challenge with many things in life is really about balance because it's very mm. easy, I think, to be on either extreme, especially if you're a parent who's, who's trying to repair damaged relationships and you've therefore come from, you're therefore coming from a, a place of somebody who's already fallen into extremes. So you have to be careful not to jump into the other extreme where everything is now about quote and unquote, winning this child back that you then neglect the other ones. So it's all about being open as a family and you start to make sure that you're loving each person based on who they are, not based on what they do or how they do what they do, but just because they are your child, you love them unconditionally. And then you start to make sure that you're spending quality time with each one. You are doing the things that makes you bond because every child is different. You know, we've talked about this several times, your parenting style, your child's love language. Everybody kind of has a predominant love language. So if you have a child who's on his words of affirmation, even just affirming that child more makes them feel more loved. Maybe your other child's love language is something else. Maybe it's quality time. You spend quality time with that child because that's how that other child, you know, feels loved. So it's not about going swinging to another extreme because you don't want to now try to fix the relationship with the one that you've identified as your least favorite, quote unquote. And then the one that used to be the golden child, you now neglect him or her so much that mm. you've created the problem again <laughs> in a different way. Exactly. You know, so it's not about swinging to extremes. It's about saying, you know what, I need to be balanced. If I've identified that there's something here I need to change, what are the things I can do to change it? And then that's where you start focusing on that more quality time, you know, one-on-one, um, -on -one, using the right words. If you've ever been somebody who used to compare, stop comparing. You know, everybody's different. You cannot judge a, a fish 
by by its ability to climb a tree right so those types of things so imagine if you've always been judging a fish that why can't you climb a tree what's wrong with you the minute you determine that you know what this fish can never climb the tree you kind of stop that and you then start to put the fish in the water and watch it swim and then you and then you 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 give it praise for swimming very well the one that's a tree climber you give it praise for climbing a tree so they don't they don't they don't compete there's no competition with your children all right it's 12 57 we're going to be wrapping this up i, I mean we, we have spent just a little time but it's been quite in depth honestly we've shared a lot of information as regards um how damaging it could be having a favorite child and a least favorite child and the role that your birth positioning plays in your behavior or your relationship with your parents if you're a child and the parents relationship with their children as well so to wrap this up on a, on a final note Yeti, what would you say to parents as regards having a favorite child right and one of the things that probably to wrap up would be you can go and do more research about it there's a fantastic book as well that i will drop on my um on my Instagram story, if you want to check it out at Lagos Moms, and it's a fantastic book about understanding birth order. You know, I mm. believe in knowledge when you know certain things and you know that research has been done. Social sciences, I really love um, research in that space because they've done some of the research for you. So you don't have to fight it. There's something called the birth order theory because of the, the birth order of your children and even how you were raised in your own home growing up. There are some things that are almost you're more predisposed towards. So when you understand that, you know, there's so many families that have helped them with their interaction with their middle child because already they were not paying attention to the fact that by default of being a middle child, they're sandwiched between the first and the last. Yeah. There are some dynamics that are just different. That mm -hmm. child needs to, be needs to be loved differently. So when you mm -hmm. know, when you know what's ahead of you, guess what? You can be successful. So I would say do some research Pay attention to the birth order dynamics in your house. There is a dynamic. <laughs> you know, I don't believe anybody's saying, ah, it's just, everybody's the same. Not quite. Pay attention to it just so that you can make sure you don't go down that path that's unhealthy. Um, and of course, like you said, it's a very short episode and we kind of um, covered a lot. But, you know, you can always find more information on our website, lagosmoms.com. We have a lot of, you know, articles around this parenting, you know, sibling rivalry, avoiding it and all of that. And on social media, you can follow me at Lagos Moms on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. All right. Thank, thank you. you very much, E.T. All right, guys. Uh, remember that Parenting Today comes up Thursdays, 12.30 to 1 p.m. Make it a date with us. Coming up next is your favorite talk show with your favorite ladies. It's called The Dish. And